0: God, thank you so much for uh, your word, Lord. We ask for your blessing upon it. God, we want to seek you, and God, may you be glorified in all of this. And I pray we grow, we learn, God, and we find you. So Jesus, please touch and bless this time, God. Fill us, Lord, with your spirit. Anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is interesting to me how the FDA... uh, requires peanut butter now manufacturers to have at least 90 percent of its product produced with peanuts i was thinking shouldn't it be 100 <laughs> percent? but hey i'll take 90 because i was thinking about this campbell's tomato soup is not really made with the same ingredients with what maybe we grew up with I was reading before now, a long time ago, they used tomatoes. Now they use tomato puree. I guess it's a tomato paste. Before, there was no water added. Well, now water is the first and third ingredient listed on the label. Before, there was no added flavoring or preservatives. But now, of course, they add all that. So technically, I should ask, is it really tomato soup? Years ago, Kraft Foods was sued because their guacamole dip contained no avocados. Well, they say at least 2%, less than 2%. If you look on the label today, it's made with partially hydrogenated coconut oil and hydrogenated, I can't even say that, hydrogenated soybean oils, whatever that means. Isn't that crazy? Uh, There's also corn syrup, food starch, and yes, there's yellow number six, yellow number five, and blue number one to get what? That kind of green color. And because they were sued, now they changed the name. Now they call it guacamole flavor dip, but there's no guac in there. (laughs) I think that's crazy. I think they're missing an ingredient there, right? Well, tonight we return to our study in the book of Acts, and we meet a powerful preacher of the New Testament named Apollos. But at first, he was missing a main ingredient in his teaching, and you know who that was? Jesus Christ. And so I titled our message tonight, The Missing Ingredient. The missing ingredient. We're going to be studying Acts chapter 18. uh, Chapter 18 from verse 24 through 28. We're going to finish our chapter tonight. Uh, Finally get to the end of this. And, And with this, there's three things we're going to find out in our section. Number one, what Apollos did know. Number two, what Apollos did not know. And number three, what Apollos did with what he knows now. How you like that? Pretty simple, can follow along. I'll give you the outline as we go too, but The missing ingredient Apollos had was really Jesus. And we're going to begin with number one, what Apollos did know. What Apollos did know. And here we're going to be looking at verse 24 and 25 in this section. Now, let's read that here. Acts 18, verse 24 says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in. Uh, In the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. So we'll stop right there. So we're going to find out what Apollos did know here. The writer Luke begins with this word now. So whenever you see now, he's like transitioning here. He's He's bringing up more of this account, this story. Of what we've been seeing now focusing on Paul. Last week though we ended our section right above here. Paul had left Priscilla and Aquila. There in the city of Ephesus as he went on to Jerusalem. Then he went up to Antioch. Finished his second missionary journey. And began the third missionary journey going up into the area there of Galatia and all. So here is... uh, uh, Luke saying, okay, now he's going to bring us, as we read in verse 24, back to the city of Ephesus, back to where Paul had made a stop, left Priscilla and Quilla there. I think that if you remember the Jews in Ephesus wanted to hear more, so Paul left that that missionary team there to continue to minister to the Jews there. So Paul, uh, Luke now writes, now... There, A Jew named Apollos was there in the city of Ephesus. When he says now, to me, to me it's kind of like, well, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you know, kind of the old uh, sitcoms or movies that we, where they switch back now. So Paul has gone on to his third missionary journey, but Luke now says, okay, let's go back to Ephesus. Now in Ephesus, Luke writes that there was a, this Jewish guy named Apollos, and he was a native of Ephesus. Alexandria, and he had come to the city of Ephesus here. Now, Apollos, we're going to be, we're introduced here to him, but we we know him from the Bible. We know him from 1 Corinthians. Paul talked to him, talks about him, and mentions him there. But we find here, Luke says that Apollos is a native. He was born and raised in Alexandria. Now, he's a Jewish person who was born in Alexandria. Alexandria is in Egypt. It's on the Nile River. And at this time in the ancient time, he, in the Roman Empire, next to Rome was Alexandria. So the greatest city was Rome, but next, the second greatest is Alexandria there in Egypt. Now, over there in Alexandria at this time, they boasted over like 700,000 people in this big city. Uh, It was known as a a place of education. It's the Alexandria Library. It was world known there. Uh, They had like um, 700,000 scrolls and all uh, housed over there a quarter of the population was actually Jews. And so here is Apollos, we reading, he was born, raised there, so he was steeped in that culture. It wasn't just a small amount of Jews, but a quarter of the population was Jews. And so he grew, grew up in that way. And in Alexandria was actually where the Septuagint had originated. The Septuagint is the Greek translation uh uh, of the hebrew text the old testament text and it was actually originated there in Alexandria. it's what uh the jews at that time that's what they would read and often like jesus would be quoting from that translation so here's Apollos. he's in ephesus he came from that area this 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 well-known city great city uh higher education and then we find out in verse 24 that uh Apollos, he was an eloquent man. In other words, he was a a gifted public speaker. Now, this is before I believe the Holy Spirit was in him, but he was already just one of those guys naturally gifted to stand in front of people and talk really well. Um, I'm not that way. I I grew up more shy, hiding behind my guitar, all that, you know. And to, for me to be up here, I give glory to God because not me, it's the Lord. But now Apollos, he was known for his public speaking, very eloquent, he used his words really well, and all that. And then in verse 24 at the end, it says, "Competent in the Scriptures." The Scriptures, remember. As we read in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Acts, we're looking at the Old Testament here. So he was very competent. He had a full grasp of the Old Testament scriptures. And for him to be, as we see later, he'll be speaking in a synagogue. He's a very well educated. He's high up there. He's a good speaker. He's a teacher of the Old Testament scriptures. So this is Apollos. He's, he's, he's excellent at speaking, and he has a a great knowledge of scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and he can teach that very well. Well, it goes on to say now in verse 25, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. The word instructed is interesting. The original word means, where we get our word is catechism, but the word means he was like formally trained in the way of the Lord. Now when we read the way of the Lord we think of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that is an Old Testament phrase of he was formally trained in the ways of God or in in the things of God thinking about the Old Testament in in following the Lord God in the way of the Old Testament. So Here's another thing about him. He's very well-educated, and he, but he's been formally trained. And so here's a powerful guy. I mean, uh, this teacher, he's been formally trained from Alexandria, grew up in this Jewish culture, and he's a great teacher. He speaks eloquently and just amazing guy. The next thing in verse 25, it's interesting, it describes him also and being Fervent in spirit. Now, the word fervent means to boil or bubble or burn. In other words, this guy of Apollos not only was he highly educated, not only was he very eloquent, but he had a passion for the scriptures, for the Old Testament. Uh, so he's not just some writer. Like I remember um, one famous uh, Christian author I got all excited. He was speaking at a conference. I went and saw him. He was the most boring guy I ever heard. But, but he's a great writer, but not Apollos. He was very passionate. He spoke to you. He grabbed your heart and all of that. And then he, it says, uh, Fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning jesus now this is interesting he taught accurately so highly educated trained and so of course he was very accurate in teaching the scriptures he didn't give you no you know uh, false you know things He, he he was very accurate in the truth of the old testament but when it says that the concerning uh the things of of jesus or the things concerning jesus we think well wait uh, th- did he know Jesus well, think of it this way he He taught about more about the Messiah about the Messiah Jesus, who we know is the Messiah, but that 's what Luke is writing here. He taught accurately about the Old Testament approach and who the Messiah is and what he 's going to do. He is very accurate in the Old Testament of the uh, with the about the Messiah, and then uh Luke helps us understand that. By writing at the end of verse 25, though he knew only the baptism of John. And, what, and who's John here? That's John the Baptist. Uh, so here Luke is talking about when John came on the scene, if you remember, he was the, the, the one who prepared the way for the Messiah, right? And his baptism was all about repentance, and so he's calling, of Is, calling all Israel to prepare their hearts for the coming of the Messiah for Jesus who did appear on the scene. So Apollos, what he did know was a lot about the Old Testament, a lot about the Messiah, but he didn't know about Jesus in particular, as far as what we know, that Jesus is the Christ. He knew all the way up to, well, John the Baptist coming on the scene. He was, he was the, that came, person who came in the spirit of Elijah preparing a way for the Messiah. But he past that, he did not know. But what he knew was everything up to that point. And so uh, he knew John the Baptist's message. He knew Christ, the Messiah was coming, all of that. But here's Apollos. What I want you to see is he passionately now called out to the people to repent and prepare for the soon coming Messiah, that the the Messiah is going to be right here. I was thinking about he probably preached like what John the Baptist said in Matthew uh, chapter three, verse two: "Repent, for the kingdom is heaven. It, it, the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So just picture Apollos like that. He's like John the Baptist. He's like passionately with all his heart, with all his knowledge of the Old Testament about the prophecies of the Messiah. He's passionately preaching for people to prepare for the Messiah to come. Now, I don't know. For some reason, Apollos didn't know about Jesus. Didn't know that he already came. He didn't know anything about that. He he didn't know anything about Christ. A uh, birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. Uh, maybe all he heard was maybe some of John's disciples had come to Alexandria or taught him or, or like that, or he heard about that. But understand, Apollos with all his heart, believing it's true, taught what the Old Testament prophets said and that it will be fulfilled he believed in his heart it's going to be fulfilled it's here john the baptist is is a sign that the messiah is just about to come so here's the point what apollos did know he passionately shared with anyone who'd listen what apollos apollos did know he passionately shared with anyone who'd listen so here's this this force. Here's this guy. I mean, when he opened his mouth, I could just imagine it was always about God and the Messiah. And he was passionate about it. He was boiling. He was fervent in his spirit about that. You know, I was thinking about how sometimes in our, um, in, in our modern uh, technology with our phones now, um, you know how like you can speak hit that little microphone and you can speak into the phone and uh the our phones will go from our voice and write the text of what we're saying i mean the the new operating systems are pretty accurate than from before i remember trying at first like oh forget it but now it's pretty accurate and so maybe you're driving you and you gotta you know say hey siri you know uh, send this text and then you just talk and it goes on there and it goes right uh, amazing right you ever forget that it's on, or you accidentally hit the button, and all of a sudden you look, there's like this whole huge paragraph, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I didn't hit send accidentally. <laughs> you know, all this gobbledygook, you know, going on, and maybe something you said shouldn't be heard. But what if now, having that in mind, what if God were to show you a book of the transcription of what you have talked about all week. <laughs> what if God said, hey, let me show you what you've been saying. I mean, would you be shame? I'm saying this is as, its as ask you this. What would have been the most on your lips? What subject would that, would that have been? Well, what would be then that the most... Um, the what subject would be most on your lips you know what that would be the passion probably of your heart so what would be there let it be jesus you guys i picture apollos just all into the messiah's coming the messiah's coming the the scriptures the old testament scriptures just always pushing that fervent in spirit passionate about the messiah well, maybe we need to let it be about Jesus all the time. Shouldn't that be on our lips? After church one Sunday, a mom asked her little boy, who was your teacher this morning? The boy said, I don't remember her name, but she must have been Jesus' grandma because she didn't talk about anyone else. (laughs) I like that. Well, think about Apollos, though. What he did know... Apollos took what he knew, believed to be true, and passionately shared that. And I think that's what we need to be inspired tonight. We need to be inspired in what we know to be passionate about sharing Jesus. You know, I know that Jesus is coming soon. I know the rapture can happen anytime. I know it's not when, but I mean, it's not if, but it's when, right? Right. When it's going to happen, I know for sure. But is it in my heart to be fired up enough to go and share the gospel with Jesus? You know, I, I, I even today I was with someone; they're not saved. I was praying, Lord, give me an opening. God, give me a door. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I help me and and god gave me a little door plant some seeds and talk mention god like that i praise god for that but we should be like that passionate about our lord and savior and that people come to know because we know what we know today is he is coming yeah sometimes our problem is is maybe inaction We don't think about that. We're passionate about other things. or We get focused on something else or distracted. Maybe our problem sometimes we feel like is inability. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can. I don't know. But look at Apollos. He just took what he knew. You know, what he knew. And he gave that. He gave whatever, and I'm thinking, well, whatever we know, whatever we can say, that's what we got to share. We cannot think that our inability uh, is like, oh, well, God, you can't use me. No, he can use us, even our lives, even how we live. So don't let inaction or inability trip you up here. D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist, was once approached by this highly educated man and and, and he came up to him af- after uh, uh, his teaching, and he said, you made 10 mis- mistakes in your grammar tonight. This was this guy I told D.L. Moody. Moody said, well, I probably did, he responded. I only have like a fifth grade education. That's true. He only had a limited education. But then Moody said, um, yeah, I only have this fifth grade education. I am limited and faulty. But you know what? I'm using all the grammar that I know for the cause of Jesus Christ. And then he turned to the guy and said, how about you? Good question. There was another time when someone came up to Moody and criticized him and said, I don't like your invitation. How do you invite people to come to be saved in Jesus? I, think it's the, I, I don't think it's the right way to have an invitation. And, and Moody said, responded and said, well, you know, I appreciate that. He said, I've always been uncomfortable with that too. I wish I knew a better way. What's your method of inviting people to Christ? Oh, she said, I don't have one. So Moody said, well, I like mine better then. <laughs> so let's be like Apollo, you guys. You know, let's just take what we know and what we have and share Jesus. And, and not just share, but let's be passionate about sharing with anybody who would listen? All right, the missing ingredient, what Apollos did know. Let's go to number two, what Apollos did not know. What Apollos did not know. Well, here we look at verse 26 now. Verse 26. It says, He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Uh, we'll just take that verse for this section. So here's Apollos now. He's in a synagogue. He's teaching boldly in the Jewish synagogue. Remember how synagogues in the city would invite uh, traveling preachers or Jewish rabbis to come and speak. And so Apollos, I'm sure, was well known. He's very eloquent, good talker, uh, good good person to have at your conference kind of thing, you know. And so they had him there, and he's boldly talking. He's passionately talking. He's talking about the Messiah. He's telling people, repent, because the Messiah is coming. All with this eloquence and passion, he taught what he knew. But in that service was who? Priscilla and Aquila, this missionary couple. And they heard what he was saying, but they were probably like on the, on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah, and, but then he ended. What he was saying, what he was talking about teaching accurately about the Messiah coming was incomplete, right? Priscilla and Quilla saw that Apollos did not have, what? The rest of the story. He only had that little half or not even half, the first part. He didn't have the rest of the story. So what Apollos did know, he did teach accurately, but he was missing the most important ingredient jesus jesus did come jesus is the messiah jesus fulfilled the prophecies the messiah was here i was thinking about it's kind of like um well we're coming up in a few months right uh easter season right with good friday resurrection sunday and usually on Our Good Friday service, at the end, I like to say, well, the story doesn't end there, right? Good Friday is when we uh, commemorate Christ's death on the cross. But that's not the end, right? And uh, on Sunday, we get the full story when he rose again from the dead. It's that that Sunday's a coming thing, right? When Jesus rose. Well, I'm sure Priscilla and Quilla were kind of like, wait, wait, there's more. There's more. There's more. But interesting, in verse 26 now, Priscilla and Aquila heard him, and then what? They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now, I like this. I like how Priscilla and Aquila took him aside. Probably after the Sabbath service, they say, hey, you know, great, great, great teaching there, Apollos. Hey, can, can we talk to you? Maybe they invited him over for a Sabbath meal after that, you know, the, the, the lunch after the service or something. Say, like, hey, come, come, come over to our house. We, we like to talk with you. So they took him aside. They didn't stand up in the middle of the synagogue and say, heresy, heresy, or you're wrong. Nothing like that. They didn't rebuke him openly to shame it. No, they brought him aside, invited him over. And then I believe they lovingly helped him to understand you know what, the way of God more accurately. And and this could be, a lot of commentators are saying that, well, this way is what the Christians were called, the, uh, what Christianity was called during that time. They are called the way. You guys are, the, they're part of the way, or they're, they're in, into the way. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, in John 14. And so, They were called the way. So it could be when Luke writes the way of God, maybe he was playing with the Old Testament, the way of the Lord in that saying to say, well, but then they showed really Apollos, Priscilla and Aquila showed Apollos the way, the way through Jesus Christ, the way of God, the plan of God that we can be saved through Jesus Christ. So Priscilla and Aquila humbly reached out to Apollos, and help him see what he didn't know. He didn't know the gospel. This made me think about in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 4, and I'll read this to you. This is the NLT. Paul writes here in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15, I passed on to you what was most important, and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. So, to me, I bring this to you because perhaps Priscilla and Quilla talked to Paul in this way that this was like their outline, what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. Hey, Apollos, I want to pass on to you what was passed on to us. What we learned from Paul that, you know what? Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, he is the Messiah. He died for our sins. He just as what the scriptures, the Old Testament said. He was buried, but then he rose again from the dead on the third day, just as the Old Testament said. And I believe it was at this time, I believe at this moment when, when Priscilla and Quilla took him aside, maybe had a meal, whatever, whatever that time was. And shared with Apollos that this was the time Apollos came to receive Jesus Christ. We've heard the saying like, you, know, you can know about God or you can know God in Jesus Christ. A lot of people know about God, but they don't really have that relationship with God. Uh, But in Jesus, when you really come to Christ, we really know God. And so it's like Apollos. Apollos, he knew about the Messiah's coming. He believed it. But here, Priscilla and Aquila introduced Apollos to the Messiah. And now Apollos knows the Messiah. He knew about him coming, but now he knows the Messiah has come. Who's come? He knows the Messiah. This Jewish man no longer had this ritual relationship with God, but now he had a real relationship with the Lord. And so I believe this is the moment that Apollos came to be saved. So the first thing I want you to see is that what Apollos did not know was the truth of salvation in the Messiah, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the one who came. I know Apollos is saved now. Paul mentions Apollos many times in 1 Corinthians, like in chapter 4, verse 1, and this is the NLT, uh, Paul writes, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ. Or in... uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 12, uh, Paul says, now about, our, now about our brother, Apollos. So we know Apollos is saved. What Apollos did not know was the truth of salvation, in the Messiah Jesus, but then he came to know that. But here's something else I want you to see, and I want to bring up here. Here's the second thing. What Apollos did not know didn't stop him from being teachable. What Apollos did not know didn't stop him from being teachable. Can you imagine when Priscilla and Aquila came up to Apollos now? I mean, Apollos is this educated guy, highly educated, you know, probably well-known, eloquent speaker, public speaker. And here comes Priscilla and Aquila say, Hey, uh, we'd like to talk to you. And maybe when they sat down and started sharing, they said, Ah, uh, you know what? There's more to this story that you don't know. And and can you imagine Apollos, though? He he didn't say, what? How dare you talk to me like this? You guys are just a bunch of tent makers, you know? I'm a highly educated guy. Remember Paul, uh, Priscilla and Aquila in the earlier part in Acts 18? Paul met them, and, and what, he was a tent maker also. No, they were not beneath him. Apollos had what we call a teachable spirit. And I think that's important. May you and I always have that same. May we stay humble. May we stay broken. May we stay always willing to learn, no matter who it is. Sometimes, you know, even our grandkids will say something and go, Oh, hey, that's kind of interesting, right? You know, I'm, I'm, really, we need to be open to learn from any, anybody. Anybody. I was thinking about how C.H. Spurgeon he was a great preacher in England in the 1800s. Uh, he there was like back then there's you know not like mega churches. His his you'd say was a mega church because he had like 10,000 people coming to his church. Uh, he was very well known, very famous. And uh, uh, one time a guy came up to him and he had written uh, a note on all the mistakes he made in his preaching, kind of similar to the other one, and gave it to him. And Spurgeon at first was like, Oh, who's this guy? you know, kind of thing. But but he started reading and go, Oh, you know what? He took what was true and, and threw out what wasn't, but he took what was true and he applied it. And he applied it into his preaching. Every week, the guy would bring it, bring a note. Every week, hand him out. Every week. Finally, a year later, the guy passed away and went to heaven. Spurgeon said he missed him. He missed those notes. I love that. Here's, here's one of the greatest preachers in England, yet he's willing to hear, get these notes from this guy. We need to always be teachable. I think that's something we should be praying, that, we, God, give us a teachable spirit. All right, well, Jesus was a missing ingredient here. What Paulus did know, what Apollos did not know. Now we come to number three. What Apollos did with what he knows now. In the last two verses here of this chapter, it goes on and says, And when he wished to cross to uh, Achaia, Achaia the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. So we, we find now when he wished, that's Apollos in verse 27, to cross to Achaia. Achaia, I can't say. Anyway, you can see it there. Um, that is the same area of where Paul was at, where we were at earlier in this chapter, where he went to Corinth. The city of Corinth is there. Athens is, is, is in that area. So this is that whole area. He wanted to cross over, take a boat, go over back over there to the believers and encourage those guys that were over there. Now, uh, it must have been, Maybe sometime after, maybe he was discipled a little more by Priscilla and Quilla, is my guess. I don't know if it was right away. But after some time then, he was ready to go out and to be a missionary, in a sense, himself. So he wanted, desired to cross over, go over there. So the brethren, the believers encouraged him, said, yeah, you should go. And so they wrote the disciples that were over there in Corinth to welcome him over there and that's where we get that uh we get a picture of that where remember in first corinthians paul mentions apollos apollos had gone there and ministered there and if you remember at the beginning of that book some people were like oh i'm a i'm of apollos i follow him no i follow paul or i paul follow peter right there was this there's division going on. Paul's like, look, it's, it's not about us. It's about Christ. Yeah? Why are you guys doing that? Well, Paul's his name is mentioned there because this was a time when he went over there to minister to the people. So he goes over there and... When he arrived, it says in verse 27, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. So I believe he taught the scriptures. He taught about Jesus Christ. He he taught the word in order that those who've been saved through grace. Uh, by, uh, by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that they were very discipled or grew in the Lord in that way. But not only that, in verse 28, it says that he powerfully refuted the Jews in public. So remember, he, 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 he now has Jesus. He now knows that Jesus is the Messiah. So he took what he had learned when preaching before, and he took Jesus, put it together, and that's powerful. That is very powerful. So I'm sure he was very like Paul, very powerful in reasoning. Remember it said, we had studied earlier, uh, Luke had written, he reasoned with the Jews. That he would discuss and show from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. I'm sure he, he probably talked about Isaiah 9, 6, the virgin birth. Yeah, of Christ, the birth of Christ or or Isaiah 53, you know, describing his death or Psalm 22 and and perhaps Psalm 16 about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here he is, Apollos, now saved, sanctified, been disciple. Now he's think about this, filled with the Holy Spirit before maybe he had this natural public, you know, speaking kind of gift. But now with the Holy Spirit, can you imagine with his knowledge of what he knew before, bringing it together, being saved, knowing who Jesus Christ is now, he became a powerful force for the kingdom. I love that. I love how powerful he was with the scriptures, now with Jesus, now with the Holy Spirit. I want you to see something. The missing ingredient in his life changed everything and that was jesus changed everything right it com- he he told the rest of the story now and the rest of the story is so powerful and he became powerful like never before and notice too apollos didn't just fade off the scene after this he didn't after he received christ he didn't just sit on his knowledge and say "Oh, okay now i believe now i know he i'm okay now i'll go on with my life you know A lot of times we do that. We receive Christ, we get saved, and then we go on with living for ourselves. Christ is just added. No, Christ became everything. He realized Jesus was that missing ingredient in his life. He knows that what he knows now is what everyone needs to know to be saved. This is Apollos. So our last point here tonight is what Apollos did with what he knows now it motivated him even more to share Jesus with others. Even more so. I mean, he was passionate already in the Messiah, but now that he knows that Jesus is here, that he had come and, and, and fulfilled the plan of salvation, could you imagine his heart just bursting um, more than fervent in the spirit, just bursting more than passionate than before, and, and now even powerful because of the Holy Spirit in in his life. You guys, that's the Holy Spirit. Remember, this, this book we're studying in Acts is about the work of the Holy Spirit in people. And so Luke is bringing this out here. Yeah, he was a gifted speaker and all that, but now this is like over the top even more so. Not so much of his gift, I'm sure that helped, but because of the Holy Spirit and the truth that he knew and that he taught what are you excited about? I mean, usually we get excited about something. That's what we talk about, right? We maybe you you discover something, maybe you read something, maybe you heard something in the news, and and you and, you know your next conversation with someone. Oh, let me tell you this. Now, I don't. I, I might have uh, shared this already, but. Um, uh, last summer when we were at Fabe in Mona's house on Oahu, she gave me a bottle of this tabasco Sriracha combination. I would never seen that. I'm like, what? And it was funny because Fabe's like, hey, that was for me. That was mine. You know, and she just gave gave it to us. But I didn't say anything like, no, I'm keeping this one. And I, I, I mean, usually at, at our house, we'll, we'll have like sriracha and maybe some other hot sauce, I like spicy things, you know, like, like, um, um, Tapatio or Cholua or something like that, that, and, and I, 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 don't know, in my weird mind, I think that, well, the kind of the Asian foods, I'll use shirat, uh, Sriracha, but on the other ones, I'll, I'll, I'll use more the Mexican kind type, you know, kind of stuff, but this was a combo, Tabasco and Sriracha, and, and I'll tell you, I did it today, we, we had some mandu for, for lunch, and i like to put a little shoyu and a little lemon juice and then just splash some of this tabasco sriracha it's like oh it's the best you guys you 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 gotta get it you gotta have it and i i i i I down the whole bottle i mean you know use the whole bottle you know what walmart has them so there's a tip so you 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 gotta try it i thought well, this, my life has been missing this combo of Tabasco and Sriracha, both, both worlds, right? I mean, it's powerful on the taste buds. Well, you understand what I'm saying. There's things we get excited about. There's things like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Apollos, he found Jesus. He was excited. He just didn't want to stay in Ephesus. He wanted to go out. He wanted to help the other believers. He wanted to teach them, help them to know more about, hey, look, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, Let me show you what the Old Testament Scripture says. Let me help you with this. He wanted to tell his fellow Jews so that they would be saved too. And you know what? When he got Jesus, that's when he really became powerful. So tonight are you missing Jesus? I mean let me say it this way maybe you're not saved maybe you're online and or you're, you're listening to this or watching this that you know all my life I think I've been missing Jesus I've been religious but I haven't really had. Jesus in my life, i didn't really understand what it means to be saved, to have him in my heart, to be forgiven, to have a relationship with him. maybe you're in that place and you've been missing Jesus in that way. maybe you're here tonight you 've been distracted with other things, and you have been missing Jesus you've got to get Jesus in there, maybe you're going through something and 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 and, and you're trying to Solve it with this or solve it in some other way. Solve it. But you haven't really gone to Jesus. Jesus is really the only answer. Jesus is really the only answer. And, and perhaps maybe you're being reminded tonight that in the purpose, in the mission of your life, perhaps that's what you've been missing, is sharing Jesus, is being ready and used by God to share Jesus wherever you go. Have you been missing Jesus? And I'm talking about fully having Jesus in your life. Because that's what we need to have. He needs to be number one. He needs to be everything. He needs to be our passion. When we sing like tonight... Oh, it fills my heart because it's like, God, it's about you, Jesus. Even while we were driving here, there's a song on our radio station. I forgot what it was now, but I was just, my heart was warm like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus. Is it about Jesus? Let it be about Jesus. Not just 10% or 50%, even 90%. Got to be 100%, you guys. I'll close with this. Don't think that even missing a little bit is enough. Uh, I came across this, and and they put it this way. What would you get if 99% were enough? Well, they list a whole bunch of things. 2 million documents will be lost by the IRS this year. 22,000 checks will be deducted from the wrong bank accounts in the next 60 minutes. 1,314 phone calls will be misplaced. Every minute, what would you get if ninety-nine percent were enough? Twelve babies will be given to the wrong parents each day. Two hundred sixty-eight thousand five hundred defected tires will be shipped this year. 103,260 income tax returns will be processed incorrectly this year. Eighteen thousand three hundred twenty-two pieces of mail will be mishandled in the next hour. What would you get if 99% were enough? 291 pacemaker operations will be performed incorrectly this year. And one more, 20,000 incorrect drug prescription will be written in the next 12 months. 100% matters. 100% matters. Don't think you're okay with, oh, 90% of Jesus or 99%. It's not okay we need to get Jesus fully into our life and everything that we do. Because if we don't, he is that missing ingredient. Let's not have Jesus the missing ingredient. Let's pray. Lord God, as we end, Lord, this study, thank you for Apollos, Lord. Thank you for his life. Thank you for how you graciously Lord, sent Priscilla and Aquila to help him, God. No wonder Paul had Priscilla and Aquila stay in that city because it was part of your sovereign plan. And Lord, perhaps you want to use us, Lord, to share Jesus, to help other people who are missing Jesus, the main ingredient, God. Lord, may we get right with you, but at the same time, Lord, may we find that As we put you first, God, Lord, that we find life. God, may your spirit, God, help us to understand these things tonight. In Jesus' name.